Welcome to the Crush Your Mountain Podcast. I'm Henry Gaskin, Certified Health and Life Coach and CEO and founder of Christmas Transformational Coaching Service based out of Raleigh, North Carolina, helping people everywhere to improve their health, wellness, and personal growth. In each episode, we'll cover subjects dealing with those topics, and you'll hear personal stories of individuals who've confronted mountain-sized challenges and how they succeeded against them. You'll also get tips on improving your health, creating your wellness, and finding your path. I believe that we are all in a stage of becoming. The challenge is to be intentional about outcomes. My goal is to help you to conceive and commit to your goals, refine and rework to achieve the best step forward, undertake your path with courage and determination, sustain the practice in the face of obstacles, and habituate the process for your ultimate success. It's time to take charge of who you are becoming and create your best life. Welcome to Crush Your Mountain Podcast. I really want to welcome everyone to this special edition of Crush Your Mountain. I have with me one of the most incredible power couples today. Say hello, Jonathan and Linda. Hello, everyone. As you can see, when the camera is on them, it's crystal clear. But when it's on me, I'm, I look like a Warner Brothers cartoon from the 60s. So what we're going to talk about real quick is basically mindset and diabetes, the importance of utilizing your mindset. And I have with me Dr. Jonathan Miller, who is a psychiatrist and deals specifically with helping individuals with mindset and adjusting their thinking on a number of levels. But he happens to be married to an incredible doctor herself, Dr. Linda Miller. And let me tell you, she is a diabetes specialist. So the two of them combined will help us to appreciate the importance of mindset when it comes to reversing type 2 diabetes, the challenges they face, and we're going to share about just some of their experiences. And if you can see them, and I'm sure you can, you'll notice that they are a young couple, so they haven't been married too long. Let's give them a warm welcome, but we also want to learn a little bit about how they got together. Listen, Jonathan and Linda Miller, my dear doctors, welcome to Crush Your Mountain Health. Oh, thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. Thanks for having well, listen, I got to ask you, okay, uh, Linda, talk to us a little bit about your experiences in, in dealing with type 2 diabetes, what you've done with, with in various community, communities that you've worked in, and could you tell us a little bit about how you've helped individuals to make the changes or at least make the adjustments, and why is such a challenge? Right. So yeah, so um, I'm so I'm a clinical pharmacist and a certified diabetes care and education as specialist. So um, after pharmacy school, I worked in Indian Health um, in Santo Domingo, New Mexico. Um, Native Americans do um, have the highest uh, rate of diabetes among all the, among the different ethnic groups. Um, so over there, um, I, I did my my training. Um, specifically related to like medications and as well as diet. And then um, in New Mexico, I also met Jonathan and we ended up getting married and he's in the Air Force. So then I ended up moving to Ohio 
And then Ohio, I worked at a, a first worked at a federally qualified health center and another uh, risk uh, factor for having diabetes, um, diabetes type two is income levels. So I, I worked with the underserved and uh, federally qualified health center. So there's a large population of patients with uh, type two diabetes. And, um, and then now at my current role, um, I work for uh, a large um, health system in Dayton, Ohio for Kettering Health. And so here I also um, help manage uh, diabetes. Um, I have a collaborative practice so I can, um, as a pharmacist, we can prescribe if we have in certain states. So in Ohio, New Mexico, we can prescribe. If we have the agreement in Ohio, I can prescribe. So um, I see that. And then there's, um, I'm talking about the mind, there is medications now, newer medications that affect the brain. So the brain is definitely involved with um, type 2 diabetes. Um, that's what we're learning and discovering that the brain is, is very involved um, in this. And it's not just about diet too, like other factors like stress, like sleep, other issues involving the brain also affect your blood sugar. And so that's uh, what we're seeing. Yeah, thanks so very much. So now I've got to get this straight. You married not only a doctor, but you married an officer and a gentleman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, talk to us. We're going to switch it over then to our dear Dr. Uh, Jonathan Miller. Talk about a little bit about, uh, of the importance of mindset and if there are techniques or things that can be done so that a person can be determined to, to address this thing head on. Yeah, I think mindset is huge. I think, um, you know, being a psychiatrist, you think our, you know, the we work with the brain primarily. And um, when we think of the brain, we think of, you know, the entity in our head, like the organ in our head. Um, however, we forget that, you know, from the brain, we have neurons that go throughout our whole entire body. Um, so really like psychiatry is a very integrated approach where, you know, we're primarily focusing on like, you know, the brain was going on with the brain processes, but we're also focusing on the neurons that go throughout our body. Um, Concerning diabetes, um, you know, there's so many different things that come with diabetes, um, primarily neuropathy. Um, that's where I really come into play um, with diabetes when um, I see my patients. Dude, with neuropathy, help individuals to know what that is. Yeah, neuropathy is when we have these kind of weird sensations in our nerves. Um, you know, sometimes it could be flat out pain. It's painful. Um, usually affects like our distal extremities, or our fingers, toes. Sometimes it can be like pins and needles. It can be tingling. It can be itching sensation. Um, that's where neurop neuropathy kind of comes into play. Um, what we found out, you know, from research, um, you know, through psychiatry throughout the years is that our mind has a very um, profound impact in how we experience things, um, how our, our neurons function throughout our whole entire body. Um, you know, if we have, you know, more anxiety, depression, more stress in general, we're going to perceive neuropathy as being so much worse than it actually is. Um, and it's even kind of weird to say that and funny to say that because um, it's just so new. But um how our mind is and how our mindset is really impacts like our experience overall. Um, and we found out when we could treat individuals, you know, um, treat depression, treat anxiety, their perception experience with other diabetes improves overall as well. Yeah, it's sad too, like patients with uh, like type two diabetes also have a higher chance of having anxiety and having depression. So there is a connection there as well. Now you said something very profound there because you, you, we have the anxiety we have the challenge there, the, the depression, but you mentioned coming in about the lower income and then the, the, the indigenous 
brown population, black and brown population. Could you give us a little bit of an insight as to why that is so prevalent among lower income and minorities in particular? I think it just has to do with um, like the political systems, the systems, history. Um, unfortunately, um, for example, here in Dayton, um, it, we have a, um, it's higher in our African-American community. Um, and that's because we had a lot of the redlining. Um, so um, individuals of certain ethnicities could only live in certain areas. And unfortunately, those were in the bad areas where you couldn't exercise as well. Um, and the, the conditions weren't as great as other areas. And so people were forced to live in housing and, and those areas where you can't, where, um, where there, or there don't have enough uh, pharmacies as well too. There's pharmacy deserts, uh, food deserts, um, in those areas. And so because of that, they're more likely to, to develop uh, type 2 diabetes. And unfortunately, too, with the Native Americans on the Inter Indian Reservation, um, they were, um, they used to have a different way of life, um, they used to uh, exercise more, travel more, but they were forced to the reservations, so their way of life changed, and also the diet changed as well. And, and it's fortunately because of these systemic changes um, that were made, um, um, now a lot of minorities um, have um, a, a higher rates of type 2 diabetes. Yeah, I would agree. Like, I think uh, it could probably summarize his stress. You know, uh, Linda mentioned, you know, uh, Native populations changing their lifestyle. That's a huge stressor. Um, she mentioned some historical trauma, you know, being put on a reservation. And that's another huge stressor. Um, you know, having lower income, um, being in these like, jobs that um, we have to like live paycheck to paycheck. That's another huge stressor. Um, and, you know, being a minority myself is like, also like, how do we deal with stress? You know, my family's Caribbean, um, kind of, we, we had the idea we had to push through, you know, you gotta, you gotta just like push through, you know, you get through um, those kind of things. Um, and with my patients, that's one of the things that um, I really try to emphasize that, you know, we have this historical trauma, we have these historical stressors, um, but I think it's so important to de-stress when we can, um, you know, to take some time to really evaluate our level of stress and to target that and try and treat it. Um, we found that when we don't treat stress, um, it increases diabetes rates, um, and as well as other kind of chronic conditions. So I would like probably summarize that to like, just kind of like, um, maybe stress management will be super important with managing diabetes. What do you think, Lynn? No, absolutely. We, we, um, so I, um, my patients, I put a continuous glucose monitor on them. And so we like record their glucose 24 hours a day. And then, and then I ask them about it and, you know, so, and sometimes I see peaks and I ask them and they tell me, oh yes, I was really stressed that day. And then, so the, that correlates to like why their sugars are so high. It wasn't necessarily like that they had like a bad diet, certain, it was their stress levels that day were really high. And so their sugar levels went up. So yes, controlling stress is really important. So absolutely. So keeping that in mind, friends, if you're listening to my voice, if you're hearing what the, the, the good doctors are saying, taking the time to lower your glucose by de-stressing, that plays a huge role. As our good doctor said, neurons that fire together wire together. Now we have the other challenge of the food deserts that are part of the red line neighborhoods in both uh, black and brown communities, but specifically when it comes to the Indian reservations, when it comes to the African-American communities, we see that to be a major issue, a major challenge, but what can we do about it? Doctors, how have you seen things addressed 
in your areas and in, in your in, in the good old Cincinnati to make things so, better. And as far as like income, um, so like for for like the pharmacy deserts, like we have. So I work with like we have a terrible pharmacy. So I know like the medications for diabetes are very expensive, but it's like be very expensive. Unfortunately, we have a terrible pharmacy, so patients who can't afford it financially can get it free. So that's um, one instance, and and also our uh, charitable pharmacy, Saint Vincent de Paul, it, it does have a um, a place where patients can um, has like a supermarket kind of like little, um, Kroger um, helps do donates food, so we have fresh food in in, in Cincinnati, um, so patients can come and pick up those foods, and there's also like a, a food kitchen. So I know our our patients with diabetes over there can sign up for a class. And so that they, they learn how to make meals with, with the healthy foods. So that's, I know St. Vincent de Paul or in Cincinnati, that's one resource that I've seen. Yeah, I think we're, we're, you know, working on it. I think there's more that needs to be done for sure in that regard. Um, some of the things that um, I've been involved with is um, helping communities grow their own food. Um, where I currently work at St. Children's Hospital, we have a, a small, um, I can guess I'll call it a little farm, more of a garden. I'm going to say farm because it's pretty big. Um, we have a small kind of farm that we have. Um, you know, the kids help us kind of grow produce, those kind of things. Um, but still, there, there's the food desert continues. Um, and I, I really don't know. I think having those community gardens, farms are is helpful. But um, I think ultimately, like, you know, writing your legislators, um, continue to get on them about, you know, opening these like facilities in, in these communities, because there is still a lot of need. Yeah, it has to do with virtually like money. I know with the pharmacies, at least um, they did studies, um, pharmacies tend to be, there's more pharmacies in a rich area than in a poor area. Unfortunately, uh, patients who in low income areas, there aren't as much uh, pharmacy because there's not as much business, they don't get as much profit or patients on Medicaid, it doesn't reimburse as well. So it's, it's a very tight money type thing, yes. That's very sad, but because even when it comes to uh, growing your own food, you, you don't have the money to, to get the land for say, but do you have community gardens where individuals can get together and work to create? Now, Jonathan, okay, you and I have something in common. We have those Caribbean roots. What, 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 uh, what island, my friend? We're from Jamaica. We have some Jamaican heritage. Um, right. Also, the, some Lesser Antilles, like St. Vincent, um, Martinique, St. Lucia, those islands there. But um, my family's more recently from Panama. So they all came down to Panama to work in the canal. And then we came to the U.S. from there. Oh, man, you miss St. Kitts and Nevis, boy. <laughs> You're leaving me out. <laughs> I'm, I probably have some family there. I just don't know them. I probably do, though. But I'll tell you something. You, you know, yeah. Uh, you probably know this from your grandmother, great-grandmother, you know, the, in the West Indies, oftentimes they'll tell you which, uh, which leaf is good for that, which fruit will do this, which vegetable will do that. And, you know, that's actually something that is global, where we all used to know what foods nourished the body and kept us from getting sick. Do we have ways of introducing um, vegetables, herbs, et cetera, to communities so that there is the natural pharmacy from the ground. Is there, has there been any sort of a movement on that end? 
I don't know if it's a movement per se. Um, I would say it's something I'm interested in. And I think it's overall something that people want. Um, I think um, in our culture today, we're, we're very hesitant about taking a lot of medication um, for good reason, I, I, I believe. Um, and I think over this, you know, the, the decades, we got away from the idea that food is our medicine. And it seems like there's like a yearning for the population to return to that. Um, so with my patients, I do like to emphasize that how, you know, our food is our medicine. That's like our, our first step, you know, um, eating healthy, those kind of things. I think also on top of eating healthy, um, in Latin American countries, it's called curanderismo, which is our, our kind of traditional natural um, kind of medicine, um, herbology, um, using kind of herbs, those kind of things to treat um, different illnesses. Um, and I think there is a, a pretty big interest in kind of returning to some of those things. In mental health, especially, we found that, you know, some of these herbs that, you know, have been used for centuries in Latin America, they they perform, you know, just as good as our, some of our medications in certain areas. Um, and what she said is kind of unfortunate because, like, um, in the past, this knowledge was more widely available. Um, but it seems that most recently, this knowledge has been been lost. And maybe that's just my experience speaking, and that's not true at all. But uh, from my experience, it seems this knowledge is lost. Um, and I would say one of my goals would be to, um, um, maybe return some of that knowledge as I learn it to the general population. Yeah, I just want to add to that on my on Native American reservation in New Mexico, Santo Domingo, they did have mobile uh, vans that would bring the fresh fruit over, but often, unfortunately, they would rot um, and it would be hard to keep up. So I believe they stopped that program. Um, and unfortunately, like having processed food, which is not healthy and, and it's just so easy to keep up. And, and so I think that's a problem versus like really healthy natural food only lasts or goes bad or it can rot easily easier. So that's yeah. another challenge. Yeah, that's such a sad situation. And the, the, the other challenge, it seems almost conspiratorial when you think about it, because you have the pharmaceutical companies and they're the ones that get the, the herbs and then distill it into the drug. And now, but that drug now has side effects that probably would not have been as devastating had it been in its natural form and taken over a period of time. When you think about the, the use of fresh vegetables and, and, and hormone-free meats and things of that nature, you know, when you don't have access to those things and you have no other choice, but to go for the fat-laden, salt-laden, uh, high-caloric, low-nutrition, uh, hormone-laden stuff, that can be a problem for individuals. And so, yeah, um, you know, but the thing about it is, and what I value with the two of you is that you guys are, take, are taking steps to help reverse that, even though, even as my camera goes completely psychedelic on me. You know, the, the two of you are still excellent at doing what you do. So here's the question I got to ask you, Miss Linda. When it comes to dealing with clients, have you had any success stories in that? Absolutely. There there definitely been. I, I think when they're able to lose weight, um, then we're able to 
uh, have remission. So they're able to get off of all their um, diabetes medications um, and, and yeah, and being remission and just control it with, with diet. So yeah, I, I haven't, I wish I would say, so it's not that common, but I, I wish it was more common, but yes, I, I have, and, and the treating patients, I have, I've seen them being able to get off of all their medications, um, or even reducing their meds. Um, maybe they're on, they could be on five meds, maybe we get them down to one. So, um, I, yeah, I have, have seen success and usually it's with those patients who are able to lose weight that I've seen it in. So bear in mind, folks, it is completely reversible if we take the steps, but we have to be able, be able and willing to do so. So um, you guys met in school, and I'm just kind of switching gears a little bit. You met in school, and you have been married now for almost five years. Uh, four, four, four years. Yeah, we we're celebrating our anniversary on Thursday. Yeah, so four wow. Years. We yeah. So that's excellent. So. So on this Thursday. This Thursday, happy, yes. Happy yeah. anniversary. Oh, thank you. Okay. Uh, my wife and I have been married uh this officially this past November uh for 31 years. So oh, congratulations. Uh, Wonderful. So, you know, um you, you guys are have set on a wonderful path. Don't let anything get in the way of that. Okay. Um in when and how is that related to what we're talking about? Well, think about it this way: if you are eating together and sharing a meal together, that is a time for the body to distress and digest, and your glucose levels are lowered, and you're able to enjoy the company, and you're also getting the the uh, added bonus of the positive endorphins in the body because of the of, of that positive love and energy that you're that passing between the two of you. We want to encourage everyone to share and build in their relationships because that too is part of it. Have you worked anything with uh, mindset and like with like things like qigong or breath techniques or things like that with any with individuals? Um, so yeah, so John, John, so I haven't personally, but I know Jonathan has. Um, yeah, he just I think our dog or we had a, like our dog was. He just wanted to go check on our dog, but okay, um, he stepped away. That's cool. I know our dog was like making. I, know our I, dog I, I, I thought the camera was making him dizzy. I, you know. <laughs> yeah, so he just went off, but um, I, I, I believe that Jonathan has uh, worked with uh, like with his patients uh, for our different breathing exercise. Or I've overheard, yeah, different um, breathing exercises. Um, I per se have not, and on, on, on my patients. Okay. Okay, well, yeah, um, it's one of the things I put in practice for myself, and I help others to do so, so I can attest to its effectiveness, because, again, as you mentioned, being in those high-stress situations, it causes, and the, those, the glucose levels, your cortisol goes up, everything is going up, it's, everything is elevated, and when individuals live in that, and just being among family members that are that, that may have their own issues and they bring it in the house, that too causes that. So you have to take the time to have the elevated, to, to, to lower the glucose and take that time for yourself. Nevertheless, um, I'm going to do this. I, I normally ask this question towards the end of our, our, our program. It looks like Jonathan has stepped away. I wanted to kind of get it from both of you. Okay, because both of you are doing work within the community and you're working with one another as well to keep to stay on the path to health.
So I'll ask you, Linda, and if maybe we can get Dr. Jonathan back. What does it mean for you to crush your mountain? Crush my mountain. Um, I think that just means to be the the best person I can be, um, like uh, physically, spiritually, in any way, um, to do, doing my best. I would say that that is um, whatever step I take to try to be my best. That is crushing my mountain. Absolutely, very good. And when it comes to dealing with health and, and lowering glucose, again. We want to encourage everyone to think deeply about how your environment, how your community is impacted, but how each individual can make the change. Each individual can make the change. Now, we're going to ask the quest same question of Dr. Jonathan. And okay, and when it comes to how, what you've been doing, your health and, and psychiatry, type 2 diabetes, what does it mean for you to crush your mountain? That's a tough one, yeah. Maybe, Lynn, do you want to go first? I just go. I, I basically told her. Oh, she beats it too. My best, like, uh, physically, spiritually, taking steps to, like, become a better person, like, in different aspects of my life. Yeah, I like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I would definitely agree with that. Yeah, crush your mountain. I think it's a tough one. I think it's a really good metaphor. Um, I think sometimes with my patients, I struggle with giving them metaphors um because I don't want them to think that this is something that um they need to accomplish in a linear fashion um I like to have the idea that progress isn't always linear you know sometimes we take some step backs you know sometimes there's setbacks and that's a, a very normal thing to occur so I think when I would think about you know saying crush your mountain it kind of reminds me of going on a hike um kind of climbing a mountain where Sometimes we take a break. Sometimes it seems like we're not making any progress whatsoever. Um, but we have that faith that, you know, we're, we're going to get to the top of the mountain. We're, we're going to get there. Um, even when we're exhausted, even when it feels like we're not, you know, making any progress whatsoever. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. Well, I'll tell you what, the two of you are absolutely amazing, amazing people. And I'll say this. Okay, when it comes to the, the, with, with Crest, those of us that, uh, those of you who, uh, you know, listen to the show or watch the show and know that it's an acronym and the R in the crush stands for refine and rework. So it's perfect because yes, not everything is going to work 100% at the time. So we refine it, we rework it, we look back again to see which things work better, but we just don't give up. And that's the most important thing. And too many people in this day and age have given up and said and they listen to doctors like I listened to mine or or could have listened to mine when they said it's hereditary it runs in your family there's nothing you can do about it but we've got the drugs to take care of you until you die you see the idea is to take the steps the idea is to take charge and so really I want to thank both of you guys we've had technical issues we've had dog issues, we've had all this thing, but we've gotten through this. And really after so long, uh, I'm so happy to have the chance to, to have you on and maybe at another time we can get together again and um, get more insights from this, what I love, love to call the dynamic duo here. 
an amazing young couple that we look forward to seeing you again here on our show. In the meantime, friends, as I always say, don't just climb your mountain, crush through it. We'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Crush Your Mountain. Remember, we deal with health, wellness, and personal growth. And each week, we will have a guest featuring one of those categories. If you would like support in losing weight, reversing type 2 diabetes, or dealing with a specific challenge in your life that you just need the support or help you get through, feel free to reach out by means of Instagram, where you'll find me at Diabetes Weight Loss Henry Gaskins, or Crush Your Mountain, Hankster OG. Subscribe to my Crush Your Mountain YouTube channel where you'll see bonus content featuring an eclectic array of guests. Join my Facebook group where I go live each week and hit the scenes version of this episode that you're listening to right now. Finally, for a free session with me personally, DM me on Instagram. Call or text me at 434-218-1198. That's 434-218-1198. I am Henry Gaskins, certified health and life coach, public speaker, educator, and this is Crush Your Mountain Podcast. And remember, don't just climb your mountain, crush your mountain. See you next time.